Sometimes when you're driving down the road all by yourself, you begin to hear a voice that tells you you need to look around, pay attention. Maybe something isn't quite right. That voice is me. It's the voice of Gord. Good day, and welcome to another episode of Voice of Gord. Well, I just spent the weekend in Louisville, Kentucky at the Mid-America Trucking Show. What an excellent time. I had the great pleasure of catching up with a number of people I've known online over the years, either through hanging out on Twitter, listeners to my program, or people I've met through my various writings. The Mid-America Trucking Show is such a blast. I I hear there was over 60,000 people there. All kinds of beautiful iron, lots of great trucks, lots of great people. Just so much to see and do. It's like you can't possibly see every display and everything that's going on there. You you would need weeks. Just an institution and a real good time. While I was at the Mid-America Trucking Show, I got to catch up with some very special people. uh, Lee and Lisa Schmidt and Jim Heffernan of an advocacy organization called CDL Drivers Unlimited, who have uh, in their their short existence racked up a number of wins and are already going to D.C. and getting the ear of politicians to at least attempt to make the trucking industry a little bit better than it is. A whole lot better than complaining on the CB and doing nothing. Uh, They were very generous with their time, gave me a little sit-down interview, and filled me in on what CDL Drivers Unlimited is all about, what they're planning on doing, what their vision for helping to assist the trucking industry looks like. All right, here we go. Lee and Lisa Schmidt and Jim Heffernan. G'day, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Voice of Gord. I'm Gord, this is my voice, and today we are live from the Mid-America Trucking Show in Louisville, Kentucky, where um, I have some, uh, I'm very privileged to have gotten to speak with a group of people behind an organization called CDL Drivers Unlimited, who are doing some amazing work advocating for folks in the trucking industry. And one of their founders, a fellow named Jim Heffernan, is giving a very exclusive appearance. And so I'm gonna start right off here by, um, uh, I'll have, Jim and Lee and Lisa Schmidt introduce themselves and then we'll get into a few questions. Here you go, Lisa. Hi, Gord. Um, I'm Lisa Schmidt. I'm married to a truck driver. Ride with him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, (laughs) 365 days a year. This sounds like a 10-step program. I'm Lee Schmidt, (laughs) (laughs) married to Lisa. I ride with her 24-7. No. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jim Heffernan, co-founder of CDL Drivers Unlimited. Right, so uh, y'all, y'all enjoying your time here at Matt so far? It's been an experience. It's very tiring when you're working at Matt's. It's different than when you're... A lot of different people, lots of talking. Right? Yeah. And that's why my voice is all screwed up now. Yeah, yeah. 
just, even more than it usually is. Just once I'd like to be a tourist and just come in and see the truck show. Everyone I've ever been to, I've worked at. So it's exhausting. As it seems like it's getting further and further away. You know, you walk from that pavilion over to here, it's like it gets further and further every year. So, but yeah, it, it's been good. Lots of good displays and lots of people. There's a, there's yeah. a ship pile of people here. Yeah. Um, uh, one quick question for you, Lee. Uh, you were asked to, uh, to speak at a presentation yesterday involving the FMCSA. Can you care, care to elaborate on what went down? Yeah. Um, it's actually funny, a short story behind it. 2018, when Martinez was here, who was the head of the FMCSA, that got pretty heated back then. That's when they were wanting to implement the ELD. And FMCSA actually went to try to take the microphone away from me because I was going too long. Five years later, can you go first and start out rather than everybody else to kind of set the tone? FMCSA asked, FMCSA you to speak asked me to speak first oh, when it wow. comes to the questions. So we've, come, it's, a long we've way. come a long way. It's a big change from five years ago. But over the five years, with so much of our involvement in advocacy and, and fighting for things we believe in, we I wouldn't say it's a it's a friendship, mutual acquaintance that they know what we're fighting for because I know so many of the people that work at the FMCSA. So it's, we can ask him a question and he will explain something if I don't understand it. We can go back and forth, I think a lot better than a lot of people can because we've been doing it for so long. So it's a give and take. They've watched us, they've commented since we've started the change that they can see in the industry from back in 2018 when we first started this, how I don't know. Drivers I'm, have gotten they're more lazy. educated. They're, they're more They've educated now. They've gotten more educated now. and they're asking smarter questions than they did back then. And they equate that to us with so much involvement in trying to help spread different things. Through CDLDU. Well, this was Through just Lee and Lisa at the beginning, but now with CDL Drivers Unlimited, we did meet with them in February in D.C. Right, yeah, so, so tell us about your trip to D.C. and how all that went down briefly. Well, that was going to be, you know, our first appearance on the scene, and we went to Washington, D.C. to tell everybody there that drivers are the largest stakeholder in the supply chain, and it's time we're recognized, and we're going to bring you solutions to fix the problems, and we want you to listen to us. And who exactly did you get to speak with? Uh, obviously, the FMCSA. We had Ted Cruz's office. Lauren Bobert's office from the Freedom Caucus. I know we had Tom Tiffany. We had 20, 20 individual meetings. I can tell you that I can't remember all the names. And Mike Bost. Um, and it wasn't that we met with only Republicans. We met with Democrats. Um, Maria Cantwell. Um, we I just can't. did a Zoom last week with uh, Rick Larson's yeah, office Rick Larson's while office. we were in the truck backed up to a dock. Oh. So that was pretty interesting. And that's the ranking member on the Democrat side of the House committee. So Right, and there's a piece of legislation being voted on this week in relation to truck parking. Is that, is that that's happening what day? Um, honestly, I don't know. We've been really busy with this stuff. 
to pay any attention to the that, outside that, world. That particular piece of legislation is that specific to truck parking, or is yeah. it separate? Is, or is it, is it bundled with another piece of legislation? As of right now, it's just truck parking, $755 million. I don't know if it'll eventually end up bundled, because there's a couple other trucking bills out there right now. There's the Ship It Act, there's the Cab Act. Um, it's amazing. There's one to try and get us access to customers' bathroom right. facilities because, you know, there's all this noise out there in the media about uh, the, the T people, as Dave Chappelle likes to call them, and their access to bathrooms that other people might not be comfortable with. And it's like truckers don't even get to use them in many places where they just shunt you to a little outhouse somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just like all of these various bills, in essence, are like, what's... Can we just get truckers treated like human beings, please? Which, it seems a little ridiculous, doesn't it? It does. It seems very sad that we have to have legislation for that. Right. And so in working to improve legislation and whatnot, um, you've joined up with CDL Drivers Unlimited, and that was started by Mr. Heffernan. So, Mr. Heffernan, what motivated you to create CDL Drivers Unlimited? Well, it's a, it's a story, as like Lee mentioned, it's an uh, evolving story. Um, my son-in-law, uh, living up in uh, northwest Indiana, was a vice president and ran a terminal. And the company got sold, and everything was supposed to same, stay the same. And uh, Dan called me up one day, and he says, you told me this, you were right. They'll make changes. You're at the high level. They're going to cut wages. They'll do whatever they have to. He says, I've been riffed out. Jim, what am I going to do? I can't leave Valparaiso, Indiana because of family, you know, family health issues. I said, well, we'll figure it out. I'm retired, so I just kind of took it on as a project. And the more I looked at the industry, I'm going, whoa, this, is, this, this industry's got issues. And I kept looking, and I'm being retired, sitting at the beach, and just kind of digging in a little bit further. Then we, my brother, I talked with my brother, David, he's the co-founder, and he lives in Virginia, and he loves politics. Okay, that's the easiest way to put it. And so we got talking, and then it turned out that there was a group, a, tr- a trucking group, in 2018 at the same time. Now 2019, I think it was 2019. Anyway, called 104 DC. It was in October, so I m- I met up with him, and we went down to see what these truck. Let's interview some truckers, okay, some that are protesting and some of the other. Now, we, we heard all the stories. We can't believe this. We, no, I said, well, we're going to do a study on this just because we can't believe this, okay. So the more I peeled the onion back, we kept seeing more and more. And then we started looking to the advocates and then looking at the other. And I found such an imbalance for business and the industry to be there. It wasn't balanced between small business and big business. And we kind of looked at it and said, what the industry needs is these small business people need someone to help them. And we just looked at it and said, we got 70 years worth of running small business ourselves, myself being also Fortune 500. We could, we'll lend that to it. So we started out and said to do this is we have no trucking experience, so no trucker's going to want to listen to us. So we said we have to find a group of truckers that see this part of it. Well, our research brought us to several people, and one of 
One of those is, is Lee and Lisa as a group that we met up with. We didn't meet with them. Uh, David got on the phone with Lisa. I don't know, Lisa, he probably talked to you two, three hours. Three hours. <laughs> anyway, he felt comfortable. Then they had a load coming down to Florida and we went out for the afternoon to the beach and sat in that, talked about it some more and then that, that convinced us we got to start something. So it's taken us 18 months to put this together. Now, what makes us different from the, all the others, and there's been many, many groups trying to get this started. They start up with momentum, and then they say they're gonna do something. What we all learned and what we were doing is, no, if we're gonna be successful, we have to come out and tell people, we've already done it for you, you just have to join us. So that's why before we, we did not announce this alliance was officially beta announced February 1st. And that's when we went to DC. Because what we wanted to be able to say was, we've been, we've been there, we've listened to them. They told us, this is the, we're with you. We had the FMCSA to say, one of the ones they said to, to Lee, and I think Lee, Lee could expound on that a little bit more because he's been there with many more meetings, was that we hope you have staying power because no one else has been able to do it. We're for you. And Cruz told them in 2018, hey, bring me solutions. I, I get issues every day. That's all this office gets is issues. I need solutions. You bring me facts or solutions, and I'll go to work for you. So we have that to tell the public right now and to tell the truckers that's what we have. So now we come to Matt's, and we made the position of recognition with FMCSA telling Lee on a first name basis, you be the first speaker. Okay, so they're already recognizing the position. So what we want to do is come to Matt's and now we're announcing that we're open. We're ready for business and now we'll get going. But what CDL Drivers is not, is not a one position. We are for all CDL Drivers. That's over the road, that's local, and that's school bus, all passengers. So we cover all drivers. Okay, from that is, is principally because all of them have the same career, same issues, different issues in different parts. We separate them out into committees that can run with it. The other thing that we saw was is that the health of the driver is really, it's a dangerous job and they're also in an environment that they can't get proper food, proper exercise, proper things that need to go with it. So we saw that. So we came up with, jokingly, I'll give you a little side story that David and I use in the name of CDL, CDL Drivers Unlimited. There was another organization called Ducks Unlimited. What was their purpose? To make sure we had ducks today. Drivers Unlimited says we're here to make sure we have drivers in the future. Okay, so it's building professional drivers. So to do that, we said we had to cover their careers, we had to cover their rights, and we had to cover their lifestyle. So those are the three things we put together. And of those three things, our goal is to make it happier, healthier, and have more money. So it's a developing organization. It's gonna take us about 18 months to make it run properly. David's in my position is, is we are the business coaches. Uh, for the business, we're the business coaches. 
the operating people and the people learning are all the drivers that will expand and grow and tell other drivers. So it's kind of a grassroots approach to one driver telling another driver and then we'll let it build. We're not trying to build it to 50 or 100,000 overnight and go to Washington, D.C. We'll build it on solid ground. Right, so I've, I've seen um, some of the information uh, booklets you guys are putting together and uh, the research you guys are doing. So who exactly is working on all of that research for you? Well, that's another, another unique part of this is, is that we, uh, there's another group, another group that's got to learn a lot of things and that's the young kids, okay, the college kids. So one of the things we thought we could do is all these college kids need internships. So we have interns from uh, Wake Forest, in University of Mississippi, uh, let's see, University of Cincinnati, Baylor. I, uh, I'm going to get cornered here because I'm going to miss somebody, somebody's school. But we brought them in to do the research to help us, and they get an intern with their college. So they're getting introduced to the industry. And Lisa can tell a good story about that that she just had a week ago with one of our political science people. So Lisa, why don't you share that story? One of the things that we as drivers over the years have learned of how government works. FMCSA, all the government agencies put their rulemaking out for public comment in regulations.gov. So we all have to get our voices heard there. None of our interns have had ever seen regulations.gov that particular part of how government works. And I said, you know, I can understand why a fifth grader wouldn't hear it in civics, but you guys are in college and you're not aware of this. How do, how do they expect normal citizens to understand how this government process works? That, that's a good point. The, the word Byzantine comes to mind. Yeah, well, and regulations.gov is where every agency Right now, the FMCSA has an open comment period on broker responsi financial responsibility. That's where that is, in that part of government. And we, we, until five years ago, six years ago, weren't aware of it. And none of the college kids are aware of it. So how is the industry supposed to be aware of it and help themselves? And it, it's not only FMCSA, it's everything. It is Coast Guard, if they want to do something. Anybody that wants to make some rule change, any section of the government, it all goes there. So you can go on there and look at sunsetting this. They're sunsetting different funds for Alaska or other countries that we send money to. It's all there. If you're bored someday and you want to look at what the government's doing, go to regulations.gov and click Browse. The Department oh, wow. of Health and Human Services. Sounds like quality entertainment. <laughs> Right, so um, you mentioned um, training drivers, and one of my little bugaboos that I, I, li I like to write on and um, I feel very passionately about is that the training systems such as we have them for producing truck drivers in America are um, maybe not as good as they could be. And uh, one of my projects and a few of my other truck driving friends is to have trucking recognized as a trade. And I, I think you guys are working on that as well in some capacity. That is, that is correct. 
we kind of came here just to give you a little structure. Because truckers are used to the word lane, this is my lane, I work this lane, I work that lane. When we set up our organization, then people choose a lane, okay? Lisa and Lee are the chairman of the driver's rights lane. So they're handling all the driver's rights and they have a committee and they put that together. Then we move over here and what we're talking about is career, new driver careers, okay? So we have someone in there, we have training, we break all of this down, just like Congress would, that you have a representative for this area. We actually will be filling over the next year, 18 months, 40 different categories with our, with our consul. The consul is 40, it's not a lifetime position, you'll be in it for a couple of years and then we start rotating out. So you've served your part, you train your next guy, and they keep going and perpetuate the organization. But in this area of trades, I can't believe, I'll put it this way, we believe that the driver is the quarterback of the delivery team. Because in no sport can the coach get on the field. They have to turn it over to the quarterback. And when something happens, the quarterback has to change the play, do or handle it. Trucking is the same way. Once the wheels start to roll, it's in the hands of the driver, the operator of that vehicle. So we believe that. So the main element says your star is the quarterback and your star has to be the driver and they have to be properly trained. And the training sucks. I mean, let's put it the easiest way to do it. So what has to be done is, is that the Department of Labor classifies a truck driver who has more measurements put on them just short of a NFL football player on them about drugs, all the things they gotta do, but they're not skilled. They're considered unskilled labor. The reason is, is that it is not looked at as a trade. The industry has not wanted it, so they've not got it, okay? So what we need to have is a, to be a trade, you have to have a minimum of 24,000 hours. That's two years. Two years worth of training is the minimum. It could go further on if you were in another trade. And that's where the community college comes in. And that's why the community colleges are trying to train truck drivers. So you've got a non-truck driving person going to teach this in a junior college. It's not gonna work. It's one of our biggest elements that we have. We, we feel that an apprenticeship program, and the one, the one that the put, they put in the bill, the big transportation bill, that they put in that they're gonna have 400 hours, 18 year olds going. They violated the Department of Labor's own law that says you have to have, you can't call it an apprenticeship unless you're gonna give them 4,000 hours and track it. So we're all in favor, we're with you 100%. It's one of our major issues, but just to share issues with you, our issues book, we asked all the drivers and surveys and when you get our issues book, how many issues are there in the industry? We have over 53 identified issues that need to be fixed today. That's not gonna happen overnight, so. No, that, that's quite a bit. Yeah, if one, if one thing truckers do agree on, I mean, usually you can't get four or five of them to agree on the color of the sky, but we do all agree that the industry as a whole has many, many problems. 
Uh, a lot of them are multifactorial and relate to one another. Uh, some of them come from the government. Some of them come from just the sort of inertia of the business being somewhat intrinsically conservative in a way and not wanting to shake the status quo uh, in certain areas. So um, I, I would like to see some of these changes happen as far as uh, getting trucking certified as a trade. Um, uh, the, you guys had a really good infographic about um, uh, truck accidents, crashes, and like how many of them actually involve drivers. And there's, you know, public perception about this stuff. And then there's all the other issues with like insurance, uh, nuclear verdicts, um, and you know, and we all, we all want to be safe. We all want the public to be safe. We would like to see these numbers come down, but then, you know, Lee and Lisa would agree with me. I, I assume that the, the way the government regulates these things isn't necessarily helpful and isn't actually producing the desired outcomes. And I think it comes back a lot to the training because there's a lot of guys out here that could maybe use a little work before they got their license or a little more practice, say, in a local capacity. And that would be a good place to start. Um, is there anything you guys would like to add about CDLDU? I'd like to add that the, there's two groups, CDLDU and CDLDF. But the CDLDU, to join that, that is specifically CDL drivers. Our alliance, or the committees, the council, they're all drivers. And when it's time to rotate them through, it's the drivers of that alliance that pick who is going to be the chairman of these councils. So that's how our alliance works. It's 100% drivers. If you want to come here and join a committee and not do anything, you're not going to be there. You came here to help fix the industry. This is a working committee, kind of like Congress. You're, you're going to work because we're going to sit and figure solutions out because I don't have enough time in a day by myself. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Well, I mean, this is it. And if you have more people participating... You can see different sides of things, mm -hmm. and everybody can come to an agreement on, all right, what is the best way to handle this, what we think? Let's try it head to D.C., head to whatever state this issue is, and start pushing that issue. Solution. So, yes, solution. solutions. Solutions. All right. And um, remind me what your guys' website is so anybody listening can find you. CDLDU.com is the Professional Drivers Alliance, and our Grassroots Action Center is CDLDF.org. All right, very good. Well, I'll have all that stuff in the show notes, and I'll probably write up a little thing on my substack. And thanks for coming down and um, telling us all about CDLDU. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, thanks very much, guys. Uh, live from the Mid-America Trucking Show, this is Voice of Gordon.